it weird to start with <laughs> Matthew McConaughey? I want to start with Matt. Okay, wait, hold, don't move. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you listen to a little clip that I took from Tim Ferriss interviewing Matthew McConaughey. I'm not gonna say another word. Let's just listen to the clip and then let's chat. A lot of people just think I just wing it. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth is, like I was telling you earlier about me being a studier and loving my eyes, I am a preparer. I, that's, I know a lot of my success and satisfaction have come from being majorly prepared. And when I'm majorly prepared, I prepare so I can, so it's not work when I get in the game. Mm-hmm. I prepare. So that's the work. My work is pregame. When I'm in the game, I am. When I'm best at being in the game, I am that guy that looks like I just woke up in the morning and just, hey, what's up? When I heard that, the first thing I thought about was, oh my goodness, that is exactly what we're trying to teach people with speaking. Big leap? Well, we might have to go deep in this because yes and no. Okay. There's two ways to hear this, right? There's there's the way you're hearing it, which is which we'll dive into, which is like, yeah, all the work that we put in beforehand, and we'll talk about what that work looks like, is so that when you show up on on game day, you're not you're not thinking about it. You're not you're not trying to remember. You are you've done all the work, so on game day, you're so present, it looks seamless, it looks natural. And and that's one way of listening to it. What a lot of people here, including myself, is like, if you want to do well, you got to spend the time preparing. you got to put in the work. And you and I have differences on this, but you know I lean so much into no preparing. Show up unprepared. Show up not even giving it a thought and see what happens in the moment. Yeah, but I think that's not true. You say that all the time and I work with you and I see it all the time. I always see you trying to find a way out of preparing. Always. Always. But, but you never show up unprepared or rarely. So I think this is what I want to dig into. Matthew McConaughey is working on a specific role. So he does need to know a few things. He needs to know his script. He needs to understand his character. He needs to know where the arc is within this scene. There, There are things that he needs to master so that he can forget all about technique and just speak, just be. Right. If you have a presentation at work, and you need to know your numbers, and you need to know where your project is going, and you need to know how your team is going, all of those elements, you do need to know them. And you, if you don't, that's a problem. And I can't help you with your speaking if you don't know what you're talking about. Right. In a lot of what we do, when we show up to coach, we don't have... We don't have stuff we need to rehearse. We don't have a script we need to learn. We don't have numbers we need to know by heart. We, need, we just need to access the ultimate optimum state in that moment. So that's what allows you to show up without having done a lot of work beforehand because the work you've been doing, and I know you do, just doesn't look like work to you. And that's all of the other coaching you're doing. That's all of the thinking you do about 
how things might roll out about a coaching session that happened about a, a certain client, the discussions we have together, all of these things are getting us one step closer to yes. whatever insight we might share in the moment under pressure. Yes. So what do you want to tell people? Uh, if, if, we could, if we could have a jumping off point. That's a cool question. What do you want to tell people in this moment? You can't be thinking about speaking when you're speaking. So when you show up to whatever scenario is scary to you, I was talking to a friend just yesterday. This is a good example. And he said, it's interesting to me because if there's one, two, three, or four people in a room, I feel super comf com comfortable, confident. As soon as it turns to five or more, it becomes public speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And I start freaking out and I start underperforming. Mm -hmm. Now that, that could lead us in a very, very different direction. But I think I'm bringing that up because... What's happening is when there are five people or more for him, or so the situation where he in particular starts feeling pressure that is now debilitating, he's going to want to start thinking about how do I speak better? That would be the, or let me put it differently, that would be the trap. The trap for him in that moment would be, man, as soon as there's a group, I don't know how to speak anymore. So let me go find some speaking tips. How are you supposed to speak? What public speaking tips? What can I do to look more confident than I actually am? What can I do to make my thought more concise? Because as soon as there are a lot of people, I start rambling. And all of this list of things that I could change. Mm -hmm. I think what I'm arguing here is what that person actually needs is the ability to access a state in which he can just speak. Exactly. And this is where the word preparation sends me and many people into the wrong route, in a sense, into the wrong mindset. Because what the person needs in the moment is the ability to access a state in which expression just flows, in, in which you can just speak and gather your thoughts. What the person does not need is to spend more time preparing. Now, one could argue that well, actually preparing helps because the ultra speaking way of preparing is, hey, think through, th find your one thing. What's the one thing you really want to say in this meeting? Uh, think in terms of the bow and arrow. So what is the, what's your bow of, of stories and data and examples that support your one thing, right? So there is a way to prepare about it where you're not actually writing anything down. You're just thinking in your head, oh, I have a meeting coming up and I need to, like, what do I need to actually say? And, and that is a way of preparing which you're thinking through just what matters. That's what it comes down to. It's like, what matters in this meeting? What do I want to get out of it? What, what, what I don't want to accidentally say, what I don't want to get across is that, uh, is that preparation is the answer to, to making you feel better. Now, it, it, what I really want to say is in the moment, 
if you're a sharp person, if you know your stuff, because this is the most uh, common client we see. The most common client we see is a person who's really smart, who got a quick brain, who's at the top of their game professionally, but they they don't feel comfortable speaking. So they, they you can say they suck at speaking under pressure. So they come to us and they say, uh, I suck at speaking under pressure. It's really hard. I ramble. I lose my train of thought. And the thing that gets us kind of riled up is that most public speaking coaches will say, well, let's help you prepare. Let's help you write out things that you need to remember. In fact, let's work on some of the skills of speaking, like let's work on good eye contact and let's work on, on hand gestures and let's, let's, let's draft out your intro a little bit and all these things, right? And what we're saying is those things are distractions, just like for Matthew McConaughey, those things are distractions because when it's time to perform, he wants to have the feeling like he just got out of bed and he's, he's ready to just do whatever he needs to do. He wants that feeling of presence yeah. and clarity. And so the real question that, that people don't ask a lot is, is how do I get clarity in this moment? Right? Because when you, when you ha- we believe when you have clarity, when you feel great, and you turn that pressure and you just say, you know what, there's no pressure here. I know exactly the intention of what this meeting's supposed to be about. When you feel that clarity, then the words don't really matter. The structure doesn't really matter. You're just able to say what you need to say in the moment, because that's how speaking works. And and then it goes just fine. What you don't need are the the tips and the tricks and the structures and the hand you don't need any of that stuff you need a way to find clarity am i capturing this how you see it i think so i think the the tips and tricks and everything else can be useful down the line so there is a if so let me put it differently if you are able to feel like yourself, feel super comfortable, confident, in flow, when speaking in the scenarios where that matter to you. At that point, yeah, maybe it might be interesting to start learning a few tricks and to start learning a few ways of being more effective in your speaking. Yes. But I think it would be ridiculous to start with the last domino when there's this giant mm. domino that's going to mm. knock all of them down, that is, can you feel like you're just winging it in, in the best possible way? Just the way Matthew McConaughey can feel like he's winging it when he shows up on set because he knows his script so much. He knows everything inside out that he doesn't need to think about his script. So us in speaking... We all already know how to speak. Wait, wait, let me, let me, stop, okay, let okay. me stop you there because this is, this is a great point, right? So we're trying to get to the same state as Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Game day, I feel fresh, I feel ready, I can improvise because I'm at the top of my game. It's what athletes do, right? It's like instinct. But Matthew McConaughey says, the way for me to get there is I have to know my script inside and out. I have to know my character inside and out. I have to do all of this prep mm-hmm. to get there. You and I do not do not believe in memorizing a script we don't even believe in writing a script and we we are much much lighter on our preparation so i want to pose a question to you and i want to say imagine that you're an executive 
who doesn't have bandwidth to prepare because meeting back to back to back to back to back to back, y'all, right? So many meetings, so many different things to think about. There's just no bandwidth to prepare anything. So the executive shows up to these meetings and oftentimes has to speak about all these different things. So how do you get Matthew McConaughey clarity? All right, all right, all right. While not having time to prepare. Is that even possible? Yeah, it's it's 100% possible if you have, well, it it depends on the context. I was going to say if you know your content, right? Let's say you're the CEO and you want to talk about an important topic. You need to address the team and say, hey, it's important that we all understand X. If you don't understand X, if you don't have clarity on whatever that thing is, then you know, you could be Steve Jobs. It's not going to matter. Okay. You're saying your level of expression is directly correlated or is limited by your level of thinking. And vice versa. Your level, tell me, no, not vice versa. versa. Okay. So (laughs) the way you're able to express an idea clearly in the moment has everything to do with your ability to understand it yourself exactly so that's that's the the upper limit yes exactly right the upper limit is the the level of your understanding but most people's problem is that they can't even access yeah all of their things great so there's people who have incredibly high levels of understanding we hear this all the time uh person in hr says like i need training for for this dude he's a director he's the one of the sharpest people i know solid he knows the business inside and out but when it's time to pitch the client or when it's time to speak in front of the company i don't see that version of him instead like the 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 thoughts get fuzzy there's rambling all these things so the level of understanding can be really high but in the moment your ability to access that can get jumbled and that's the problem where we see 100 percent, and i think that's what we're that's what we're most excited about working on. Mm. The rest might work. It might, you know, the other public speaking coaches out there that we love to badmouth because we feel like they're working on the symptoms and not the root, what they're doing may still be useful. But it's not until, until you're able to access your thinking you're able to access your current wisdom in the moment Mm -hmm. so speaking is your ability to access your wisdom in the moment ultra speaking oh yeah shout out to us shout out to ultra speaking but that's what isn't that what we're trying to do isn't that what we would how would you define ultra speaking right now in the context of this conversation would you say it that way yeah yeah well i i think ultra speaking is an inner trust an inner belief that in the moment you're going to be able to express what matters. Yeah. And, and that, that is something that I think is worth diving into because so many people we come across who are in pretty impressive positions in a company, people you would think have all this figured out, they have a, a challenging time distilling what matters. 
And so when they, when we ask them, right, okay, let's run your presentation through, let's put you on the spot and let's do it. They'll get stuck in like four different details in like four keys or like three data points or like seven sides of the business. And they, they are so caught up in that information, which they know so well, cause their, their business is complex that they actually are not tuned into, well, what what do you want us to remember from this presentation? What matters more than anything? You know, this is the concept of the one thing for anyone who has, who has not been uh, listening to episode one, make sure you listen to episode one, the one thing. But bottom line, so many people come to us trying to improve their speaking when really, when it comes down to it, the, the, and this is, this is so good that, that you now brought this up. When it comes down to it, they run their presentation by us and we work together and we realize they haven't thought about what matters. So their level of thinking and understanding, they didn't spend time thinking, what do I want each team member to really walk away with the high level message? Like things are going well, things are going bad. I need extra resources here. Like they haven't figured out the billboard one liner of what this presentation's about. And so they're stuck in the details and the details make it harder to think because you have to remember more. And so they haven't accessed their North Star. And because of that, they have all these speaking issues. Well, that's not the only thing. I think part of it is clarity. I I don't have enough clarity on what I'm talking about. So that's the level of your thinking. But then the, the access point is, is a different point. Because if I'm feeling nervous, or if I have this script in my mind that I'm not, people are not going to get what I'm saying, or people think I'm X, Y, Z, if, yes. if that gets in the way, yes. then suddenly I, I lose my ability even to access this imperfect level of clarity uh-huh, that I currently uh-huh. have. So it's, it, it is two different yes. pieces. Yeah. So one's, one's your understanding. The other is your ability to access it. But if you can't, but if you're insecure about something, if you're insecure about how well you know a topic or, or you all, you know, your Ram, or if you have some insecurities around speaking, that's going to block your access and that's going to make it even harder in the moment. So how do we, how do we deal with, which one matters more, by the way, would you say for most people? I think this skill of access is more, is more important because you could have the, if, if you can access great content, like if you can access all of your thoughts and you're able to express what you're thinking, your level of thinking and wisdom mm-hmm. perfectly, even if your level of thinking is, is pretty low, that's all that's left to do. Now just start thinking better, read more books, learn, get better at your job, get better at, at everything. And suddenly everybody's going to be impressed because you're able to express mm. with, you know, absolute clarity mm. what you're saying. The other way around doesn't work. If you have elite level clarity and wisdom, but you are so nervous that you you can't access it or so confused in how you're supposed to access it because you think that there's a different way now that people are watching you. Yes. Well, then it doesn't really matter how much you know. Let's dive into that. So what's clear access? How does one get clear access to, to their best ideas, to all their understanding? Um, and, or maybe put differently, like what are some of the main obstacles that people come to us 
and say, hey, this is, I, I just can't do this. Like, what's the problem here? I think the, uh, the obstacles are almost limitless. I mean, I feel like every time somebody comes to us, there's a new variation of an obstacle that shows up. The obstacle can be, at its core, at its core, I, f- I'm, I am not feeling comfortable. So I would like you to, so I'm not willing to take the leap. And I would like somebody to tell me how to do it. And so that I don't have to think, I can just follow the... Oh, the, interesting. Right, I can follow step one, two, three, four, five, and, and then it will work. So there's a lack of trust in yeah. in yourself in the moment. So rather than saying, you know what, I'm going to show up and it's going to go well, yes. you are balancing in your mind different techniques, points, tips, some stuff as crutches yes. so that you as safety nets. So it, it all comes down to trust because the, 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 the reality, which is incredibly simple, but obviously not easy, is just speak. Empty your mind, don't think about anything, and connect to what you're trying to say and just speak. That's the secret. If you do that, you access all of what you, all of your content. It does come very close to total mindfulness, to a Zen approach to life. But and it maybe you can also call it flow. But you need that absolute trust so that you can turn off the thinking brain and just channel. Just trust that your body and your subconscious will deliver. Yeah. And I will say, bringing it back a little bit, that that ability to deliver and actually have it go well does strongly rely on this this, uh, clarity of intention, on this clarity of your one thing, where most of the time, if you just start speaking and you shut off your thinking brain and you kind of go and you're like... And you're exploring your own mind. A lot of the time, that could be rambling. 100%. Yeah. So you might and and first of all, huge huge props to anybody who's able to do that because, like, that's step one. That's step one. Step one is that can you just and that's the like, that is our first game, the first game that I like to have anybody play. Analogies rapid fire. the The first thing I asked you is, can you? just share your first can you speak your first thought without filtering it out just it comes up and you just say it yeah that's what we're saying can you be so in tune that you just not stream of consciousness but close you you are able to be completely in tune with what you're saying and then put it out yeah now obviously we need a little bit of structure we need certain things and Let's try to, let's, I don't know if this is possible, but let's try to build it up. Yeah. So step one, the core of it all, yeah. you have to be able to just speak. Yeah, you have to be able to uh, to tune in, to flow, to r- ramble even, but just to like uh, access your stream of consciousness and do it without judgment, which, yes. bu- which just so everybody's aware is really, really hard for so many people because it's just, we, we are addicted to the opposite thing the judgment the criticism the perfectionism so even just flowing with no guardrails is very very difficult 
remind me a little bit later when we move after we've moved forward, remind me to come back to this because I think it's only going to get more difficult because of the extraordinary technology that's coming out. So remind me of that. Step one is just speak without judgment. Yeah. You have to have that skill. And and that is that that's, under pressure. That speak before you think, right? And that, that speak before that's you what think this thing before. represents. Woo! It's your ability nice. to just enter flow and not judge yourself yes. and build the momentum. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, nothing else works. Right. Step two, yes. the second thing you would need in order would be one thing. A, a a true north. You always have to know if you're getting lost, you just remember your one thing go back to that and you'll you're never lost i like to say it's like having a, a gps in your back pocket you can enter the forest take any any just go f- follow your gut yes look at follow what's beautiful yes and then after a while you just pull your gps out and it says oh now go that way yes and if you keep pulling your gps out you'll always find your way yes. home or your way to your destination so step one speak before you think step two have a one thing know what matters no, and it can only be one thing. Have one very, very clear thought, intention. insight, intention, something that you would like to tattoo on the brain of the person um, that you're speaking with. If yes. you know that, you can navigate. What would be in order of importance? Step three. Speak before you think. One thing. Ah, it- and breathe. <laughs> breathe yeah breathe yeah, so so you're this is the example is- i like to use you're driving mm-hmm. you have your compass so you you set out and you see that you have to go north what was that i think that was a oh, printer a printer yeah okay cool uh, go ahead uh your your step three is breathe right so you you start speaking you have a compass you know where you're going so you sit in the car and you start driving and now you're driving for for a minute two minutes three minutes and all of a sudden you've been driving for so long that you haven't checked your map you've taken so many turns you you don't know are you still going on track and it's hard to keep it's hard to re-navigate while you're driving right that's like checking the map while keeping the hand on the wheel while trying to like it's too much so uh what do you do? Well, pull over. Slow down first. Slow down. Maybe yeah. it comes to you in that. Perfect. Take a breath. Maybe nothing. Take another breath. But pull to the side. Take out your compass again. Like, where am I really trying to go? Or where do I need to go next? And basically give yourself mini breaks, mini rest stops to figure out, am I still going in the direction that I set out to go? Because most people, they they might have step one and two down. They'll they'll like start strong. They'll know where they're going. But eventually, because speaking is a flow-oriented process, eventually you find flow, you, you catch on, you keep going. It feels amazing. But you can also go into these rabbit holes, which I do all the time, and they feel amazing. But your mind, your, your mind will go off track. And that's why people complain about ramblers and going on tangents and stuff like that. So we need a way to rein it back in to what matters and you can only really do that reliably if you take regular breaths segments and gaps right we speak in segments and gaps as you're if you can achieve flow and you can just speak which everybody can do you will be able to notice that you have clarity for a 
a certain amount of time, the segment. And you're going to be going through this thought segment and it's going to be so clear and so exciting. And then suddenly you're going to get towards the end of that thought segment and there's no more clarity. It's fuzzy. That's the gap. Then there's another segment. Then there's a gap. What determines the quality of your speaking overall is what are you going to do in the gap? Because yeah. the thought segment is the easy yeah. part. Yeah. Obviously, everybody can yeah. speak during when yeah. you know what you're speaking. The, the gap is the moment where you're speaking and you get an alert in your brain, a little signal that says, oh, no, I'm losing them. Or, oh, no, I'm going yes. off topic. Oh, no, I'm not really sure what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm just going to Or even a question. Am I? Mm. Is this making sense right mm. now? Mm. Get to the end of the thought segment and then slow down. If that's not enough, if you can slow down, you just, you get automatically get a little bit more perspective, a little bit more clarity. If it's not enough, then stop speaking. Just take a breath. And that's the equivalent when you're driving. If hey, slowing down and looking around wasn't enough, well, then you pull over and you check the map and then you pick back up, mm. right? That's mm. the equivalent of this. Mm. In speaking, if you're able to slow down, if, if you're able to stop and breathe, then then you're always going to you're always going to make it to somewhere interesting. Mm. So, speak before you think, skill number 1, you got to have that otherwise everything else is useless. Number 2, choose one thing. Choose one thing. Number 3, breathe. Yeah. And we've noticed that in like in projects as this company, yeah, 100%. We we you're going on with a project and then well, hold, to, well hold on, yeah, cuz in projects like our biggest struggle as a, as a team is we don't speak before we think in our projects. We think and we think and we get caught in the judgment brain and we end up doing nothing. We, we don't end up even sharing our voice in, in that analogy because we're too afraid to go in the wrong direction. Yeah. And so something that helps us a lot is to just like set a timer and just start and, and go. And then, right, and then we, we take a breath or we, we, ch we see, do we have the one thing yet? Yeah. But it's important to just like get, give yourself some momentum right? Yeah, absolutely. So what comes next? Speak before you think, choose one thing, breathe. What would be the next, the next biggest skill? Yeah, I think that it's hard to define this skill of, it's hard to, to label it with a term, but there, there's something around your ability to 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 care about what you're saying to, to connect with it to like really be in it so that happens i think that happens before speak even before speak before you think if you don't care about what you're saying if you're not connected to what you're saying yeah. then then so you're saying this is like a mindset that that you have to have going into it yeah, I don't think it's, okay, I'm speaking, hey, I need to, now I need to connect more to what I'm saying. I think that's the, I'm wondering out loud at least, is, isn't that the initial, isn't that where everything should start? Well, but it doesn't, right? We're in our fundamentals course, it's week two, it's week three, people are saying things, but they're not really... Exactly. So it's, they can have all of the skill in the world... If they're not connected to what they're yes. saying, okay. I have a I have a client right now who can't tell a story that happened to her, that person. So she'll start speaking to in order to, to share a story that happened to her. 
and she's not she can't, she just cannot do it and i i'm convinced that this person with her friends of course she can tell stories hey this happened to me i walked into the shop this happened but when i ask her to do it when there's a tiny bit of pressure suddenly she can't connect to the thing so she can't allow herself to relive it so she can't tell a story so i i do think that it it all starts there it's c- but it's it's pretty connected it's to this connected. thing of speak before you think right well, it's, it's no it's connected to the breath i think because the oh the breath the well the breath is what allows you to reconnect yes to this thing always come back to the feeling yeah yeah so okay so if i had to give a, a recipe for how to answer questions on the spot right you get a question you take a breath and you try to connect to something a memory and an idea just like it's fuzzy but try to connect to it as much as you can and then speak before you think meaning just like start speaking don't be in your mind too much uh go in that direction go in that direction and then 30 seconds a minute take your take a big breath take a pause and try to reconnect with with well not not 30 seconds or a minute whenever you feel like you're at the end of a thought when you feel like you're disconnecting yes you're losing it or you need additional clarity yes that's the internal cue yes yes i guess another thing and if this is on a tangent then we won't go there but what i another thing is like you'll see executives present information or you'll see people talk about things but they're just like they are not they are not into what they're saying like they're telling it but they're and this does talk on connection but like they can see it they they have clarity but they're not they're not giving it that extra like belief and umph because they're not into it. So it it is about connect. It is about connecting. We we see this all the time, and it's hard to teach. What because because I don't think people believe that that'll make a difference. People who have trouble connecting are people who are too much in their mind, right? If you're all in your heart and your body, then connecting is is your default state. But if you're really, really hyper-rational, very intellectual and pragmatic, that's the type of person that I encounter when I'm coaching who struggles to connect. But if I use, if I just try to tell them, connect to your the thing you're saying, they automatically have a routine in their brain that says, okay, cool, whatever this guy's saying, why not? But that's not going to help me. Give me like, give me the tactic. Give me the thing I can, I can really grab onto and believe that it's going to work. If you connect, that's woo woo. So I have to find ways around it, like send them into stories, send them to find ways to Mm. get them to connect without noticing that they're Mm. connecting. Mm. Right. So usually I go back to the past. Mm. I go back to memories. I go, and then suddenly they speak in a way that nobody in the group has ever seen them speak. And then I ask them, what changed? What did you notice? And that's when they're going to say, whoa, I was totally in it. It was so fun. And they have no idea that they're actually saying the thing, Mm, right? Then I can say, hey, look what happened. mm -hmm. And now I can show, I can, we can look back, connect all the dots. And then they're going to start believing, wait a second, Maybe this woo-woo thing actually works. Let me try it out. Because you can try that even with content that, that's not sexy to you, right? If it's your work, hopefully you're in a job where there's at least something interesting about your work. 
So you can bring in that same level of interest and curios- curiosity and, and excitement. Well, that is that is the 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 layer of prep that I think we care about is don't just tell me what the content is that you want to speak about. Like, tell me the the feeling that you want to get across. Like, is this, are you excited about sharing the, is there something exciting about this? Is there something disappointing and you want to share? Like, if you have, if you are just trying, like companies have updates all the time. Here's the marketing update. An update is an email in in speech form. That's what we've seen. It's like, it's just objective text presented in an objective way. And that makes speaking really difficult because you don't have a strong connection to what you're saying. And and so that it's just interesting. And when we prepare in the more optimal way, we think, okay, what's the point we want to get across? And then it's really like, what's the feeling we want to get across? Because... And this is one of my, I think this is becoming one of my pet peeves. I'm very excited to have a, a new pet peeve. Too many things are spoken that should be written. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying the the opposite. You know, I think, uh, who said that? Warren Buffett. <laughs> Thank you. Warren Buffett said, um, don't ask your barber if you need a haircut. Um, but I actually think Wait, meaning what? <laughs> meaning your barber has incentive to tell you that, yes, you need a haircut, oh. so you shouldn't be going to. Oh, I see. But I'm, I'm saying the opposite right now. I'm saying you're probably... In, in, there are many cases where so I'll see someone come, I have this speech, and I think to myself, this should not be a speech. You should not be yeah. paying me for, for yeah. to make this into... Yeah, this should not be a presentation that no. you call a meeting for and this get everybody ex- in the room exactly. for. This and- shouldn't be a presentation. You should... That PowerPoint that you have, you should divide it in two. You should take 10% of it, turn it into this wonderfully um, exciting and interesting, very short presentation where you're basically summing up the whole thing and sharing you know, what the one thing is, what you're supposed to take out of it, what you want everybody to remember and bring some emotion or what is important, like bring humanity, bring your human, the, the human being to the, to the table and everything else is the annex. And hey, you all have those 40 pages with your annual run rate and revenue and all the numbers and everything that's supposed to go in to that, what, that I was about to read through in my, in my presentation. You don't need that. Look at that. It's in mm. it's in the in the document. So mm. if if there is no emotion, if there's no reason to care about what you're sharing, then it's probably not supposed to be spoken. And it's much better served in an email, a text message, a Slack, or you know, mm-hmm. a printed out deck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my pet peeve is how many people are doing update meetings trying to present their best foot forward and what's an update an update meeting so i have a you know we worked with someone last week who said i have a meeting with uh with the ceo it's a quarterly thing where i'm going to present him like the the update with marketing right and and so we go Mm -hmm. into his talk a little bit his presentation and basically 
you know, what's the reality? The reality is, well, COVID hit and um, <laughs> it's been hard on everyone. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to say, although COVID hit, look, we this thing is going well and this thing and it's not as bad as and he's just basically trying to say that we're doing a good job because it's the CEO and who wouldn't want to say that, right? But but we see this all the time in when there's an all hands and there's seven departments that have to speak. So they're putting one slide deck and each department is trying to showcase what they're doing and put their best foot forward. These update meetings are kind of a waste of time because it's, this is just a pet peeve. It's just a lot of peacocking and a lot of manipulation of like, Hey, let me just, let me just show you that actually things are going pretty good and, and we should celebrate instead you have the opportunity with the CEO in the room or the CMO or some really smart leaders in the room to help you. And you haven't thought through, what do I want to get out of this meeting? Like, what's a question I could pose for discussion or what's an ask I can have or what is the main message I want to send? And I it wouldn't be a pet peeve of mine if everyone's main message coming into it wasn't everything is going well and we're on track and it's just such a, it's not the most honest and effective way. I wonder if that, if that, um, can you lower your mic just a tiny bit? Cause you're, you're, I'm getting a little bit of a pop, but yeah, I wonder. So I have this thing where I want people around me to feel good. And you could say that's a, a quality and I'm sure it is. Um, but it's definitely also a weakness because sometimes I will, I will shy away from saying the truth in a blunt way in order not to make the person I'm interacting with feel bad in that moment. So I'll still tell them the truth, but I'll say it in a way where I've taken the edge off, for mm. example. But what happens sometimes is that the person is not going to get, sometimes you you need to be truthful and you need to put it out there exactly like it is. And I wonder if what we're seeing in our clients all the time is the same thing of, you know, I'm going to talk to the CEO. Well, I, I do want him to have a good impression of me. Right. I do want him to right. think that everything's going nice. So I'm putting it out because I'm afraid that if I don't do it that way, he's going to think, think lesser of me. So right. w what do you, what would you say to someone with that kind of a thought process going on. I mean, I think it's, it's, I, I get it, you know, I, I get it. And you can really give an update and present all the best things and all the things you are proud of. And there's nothing wrong with that. I guess my frustration is you treat the presentation as like a show and tell. You treat it as like this, um, this showcase to the judges, right? That's not what the CEO wants. What the CEO wants is, is what's going on, what's the main problem, what do we need to do, how can I help? So don't present to the CEO, hey, we have this huge glaring problem, the end. Like, that's the thing you should think about and present a solution and then see, check in and get guidance. What I'm saying is you have an, these meetings and companies are happening and they're waste. They're a waste of time because they're hours. They're the slides are are not very good, and it's just people trying to trying to show off and say, "Hey, I'm worth keeping in the company." So, what are you recommending? W what I'm recommending is be a little bit more honest, first of all, and just if things aren't going well, say, "Hey, things aren't going well," and 
this is on me because X, Y, Z, and here's my plan for things going better. But what I'm saying is think about what you actually want to, what you actually could, could get from the people gathering in one place. Like you have so much brain power in the room. Can you ask for, okay, I just want a, a five minute thing and we can take it offline, but I'm working through this problem that I need to get through. And what I think I need is an extra resource in dev and an extra resource in analytics for one month. And I think if we can put that together and do this thing, then I think this can grow into a $5 million business. But I've been having trouble getting this at the top of my priority list month after month after month. And I just want to get a little bit of alignment that this is the thing that we should be focused on. Instead, that gets swept to the side, you present your update, there's no discussion, and there's a wasted opportunity of high-level leadership and brain power. I've just been in, in some of these meetings myself, and I, I know the pr- I've, I've been the person who just wants to put the best foot forward and like, it's not our fault, but I think there's so much of this in companies right now, that's why there's so many silos, because like, we all depend on each other, and we all also don't want to take the blame for, you know, certain project failures. So all I'm saying is like, I think that's what what leadership leaders recognize in other leaders is transparency and the ability to to use brain power in the room in an effective way. I love that. How did we get all the way to here? Can we no? Can we can we sum up? Yeah. Can we close this this chapter? Yeah. Well, we were discussing the the number of levels of yeah. of what you need, and we. Oh, I had another one for that. Cool. I think because what we have is the ability to just speak and get into flow, just not think and speak. Right, speak before you think. We have the one thing. Can you choose just one thing that matters and have that as your true north? Gives you incredible freedom without losing your train of thought. Three, can you pause and breathe in the gaps mm-hmm. so that you can refocus and keep coming back to that one thing? Four, four might be well, we talked about, uh, wait, we talked what? about, we talked about connection and being in it and caring about what you say, but that's something that is, uh, underlying, underlying it's under, yeah. it's underneath this whole thing. If yeah. you can connect to what you're saying, if you can care about, find yeah. why you care about it, then you can, it's going to change everything. I think the last piece and you're nodding your head. I really hope we have the same one. Should we say it on three? <laughs> let's, let's say <laughs> okay, it on let's three. Wait, what, wait, wait, wait. Do you have one word? Well, I have the the last thing for But is it a, is it a word or multiple words? Well, it's are, Okay, let's just okay. try it. Uh, ability to recover. That was not what <laughs> I <laughs> Okay, but then I have one after okay, that. Okay, okay, cool. So let me let me talk about mine for a second. <laughs> That's so funny. So what I'm thinking is if I have these things, yeah. I need it's not the ability. I need the my I need absolute trust. Hmm in my ability to recover, my ability to make it out of whatever turbulence, uh, turbulence I find myself in. Because if you have all of these things, but then some, you're, not, 
you don't have that kind of trust, you could get thrown, you get buffeted by the wind, right? You need solid roots. So what's happening? Why are you laughing? Buffeted. Buffeted. Anyways, is that not how you pronounce? Uh, no, so I know. for all listeners here, <laughs> I'm French. French, I spent 20 years of my life in France. And Michael has a um, ongoing list of things that I say wrong. Yeah, Tristan's Americanisms <laughs> and uh, Warren Buffet is at the top of the list. <laughs> Which is why I paused yeah. earlier. So funny. So, so what was your, what was your well, last ability, one? Well, the ability to recover is huge. Yeah. And it's basically... It's, it's, the, it's the trust in your ability to recover. It's basically saying, look, no matter how good you are and how clear your thinking is, like speaking is this improvisational thing with lots of variables, including unexpected questions and um, losing your train of thought and distractions and so many things can go wrong. Your ability to navigate those moments and your trust in your ability to navigate those moments mm -hmm. really matters a tremendous amount. And we could dive into... Well, yeah, so we did have the same... It's trust. Is that what you were going to say? No, 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 no. That, oh, that was okay. me re restating your okay. thing. Um and then number five, the the grand finale when you're when you're all said and done and you're approaching that final those final words, you gotta end strong. I've I've never felt more let down in my entire life. I no, mean, I'm come not, on, that's that's, that's a huge okay. principle of ours. That's a huge principle. Yeah, it's a it's a huge principle. I it's a huge principle, but wouldn't wouldn't you have that if you have all the others? If, if I'm going to try and find, like, what are the absolute yeah, the, key pillars? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Ending strong. Uh, the, what if do you, you call them? Uh, the base. Oh, yeah. What the, do you um, call them? Uh, oh. It's a physics term, right? The, the, you go to the root. The root cause? No, the no, no. The first principles. Yeah, the first principles. Yeah, the first okay, principles. cool. Um, well, in first principles, I don't know if we can call this for... Any scientist listening will want to... Uh, anyways... Well, episode one, we talked about ending strong. Yes. And ending strong is, can go, be a little tied into uh, this idea of staying in character. Mm. Is This whole thing that's happening is, it's a perform. It's, I, it's, I, it's, okay. it's one shot. You have one shot at it. Yeah. And you have to stay in it the whole yeah. time. And you have to end all the way till the end. The end is the part where it's going to be hardest to stay in it. So you have to give yourself that extra boost and that's the yeah, ending yeah. strong. I guess now now that I think deeper into ultra speaking, uh, I wonder if you feel this as well. Um, there's something about ending strong and don't break character as like these are beginner techniques to help people kind of fake it till they make it. Like these are reminders or mindsets of like, stay confident and stay in it even if you don't feel it and even if um even if you mess up and you're freaking out internally like try to put on that confident front and keep going but it is a little bit of like it's a tool it's a technique to help people get to that next level but ultimately you should end strong on stuff you feel strong about and if at the end you aren't feeling strong about it Right. Like if you're if this is an idea and you aren't really sure, but you put it out there, don't just like end strong just to just to front or just to manipulate or put some like, no, it's it's so speaking is not about coming across as confident. Speaking is about being yourself and, and having trust in yourself. So if you do break character like we sometimes do on the podcast, that's that's cool. 
Like that's a, that's just you being yourself. Don't do it out of nervousness and insecurity. Do it out of, out of lightheartedness and well, honesty. It, you can only break character or not end strong if it's coming from a place of calm confidence. I think that's really it. If I'm breaking character because I'm so comfortable being myself and I'm so comfortable with the people around me, just like we do with our friends, we're like, oh, sorry, I'm, okay, give me a second to recalibrate here. Then it's fine, you're, you're opening up. But if you're nervous and it's the nervous energy that's saying, oh my God, sorry, please forgive me. Forgive the fact that mm-hmm. I'm not speaking. I'm aware that I'm not making sense and you're mm-hmm. trying to say, you're trying to excuse yourself before, you know, yeah. even making the mistake, then then that's an issue. Mm-hmm. When in doubt, stay in character and end strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do we, what do we summarize all of this? What, if we could, these are the principles, the first principles. Mm-hmm. What... But what's the one thing? What's the key that that is at the root of all of these things? Just speak. There is a that is profound in its own way. Um, I read this book. Do I even remember what it's called? It was part of a book club I was in. But there's this concept that. Um, it's called a mountain is a mountain is a mountain. It's this concept. And the concept is first you look at a mountain and you see it and you're like, oh, that's just a mountain. Then you go on the spiritual journey and you, and you realize, oh no, it's not just the mountain. It's, it's tectonic plates. It's the earth. It's, it's the history of time shaping this thing that is interconnected with everything else. And that's where most people kind of get stuck on that second level of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And then it's only the kind of like truly enlightened people who end up coming back to number three, which is just like, but it's just, it's just a mountain. And there's such a profoundness in there that I'm not even sure I, I can yeah. access and understand, but it's the, it does come back to, you have to go on this hero's journey and, and, and that's honestly what that's, my journey with Toastmasters in the sense of like, I went to Toastmasters, I learned all these techniques. A lot of them were just like ways to make me look more confident and, and, and like structure and give me all these tools that, that took kind of a long time. But after that path, I looked confident. And because I looked confident, people told me I looked confident and that helped me feel confident. And all of a sudden through years, I felt confident and suddenly now I'm speaking and I'm being uh, daring to experiment with my speaking and now I'm cracking jokes and I'm feeling like more like myself. And at some point, everything clicks together at the end of the journey. And what am I actually doing? Well, I'm just, I'm just speaking. I'm just expressing myself the way that I do with my friends, the way that I do with my family. And I come back to the same place yeah. I've always had, but I had to learn all these techniques in order to get there. And so wouldn't you say that ultra speaking mm-hmm. is about, that same journey, but our belief is you don't have to put on all these techniques and waste all this time on stuff that doesn't matter. Our belief is let's help you get into just speaking in the moments that are the hardest. Yeah. So 
I think that's our North Star. The thing I'm trying to teach you is the ability to just speak. Is the, I, I want to get a person, a client, anybody who goes through ultra speaking, my ultimate goal, the gift that I would love to give everybody in the world is the ability under the most extreme pressure to be able to just speak without thinking about it and that it just works. And I think obviously something as simple as that, it's like, it's like telling someone just sit down and silence your mind. It's impossible. People spend their entire lives in deep meditation, barely eating, waking up to med- like in order to, tr- to get to that state. So I don't know that anybody can just speak for, unless it's for just bits, moments. Just like if you sit down to meditate and you close your eyes and you just watch what your brain does. Mm-hmm. If you've never done it, mm-hmm. if, and if you, have, uh, if you tend to consume content, not give yourself space, not going on long walks and stuff like that. If you, if you're any, if you're like me, <laughs> then you're going to sit down, you're going to close your eyes. And at first it's going to be crazy. It will be a storm of thoughts and it's going to go all over the place and it's going to s- seem ridiculous. But if you do it enough, suddenly you're going to start having gaps Moments where there's not much happening or even nothing happening. Mm -hmm. And these moments of silence that are wonderful. So it's trainable. Yes. It's worth training. Yes. And it's just the same with speaking. This ability to just speak from a place of total presence is a skill. Yes. And at first it's really hard because you start doing it and every, every second you try to speak, you get another thought that takes you out of it. And so you have these tiny, tiny moments, maybe if you're lucky. And I think what we're doing is we're, we're helping people, we're teaching people through all of these, for the, the simulator, the games, the, our coaching, our principles, really to spend more time, more and more, longer and longer instances where you're in total presence just speaking. Yes, yes. Yeah, you were saying that and I was thinking of um, what is speaking really it's it's like going off to the races and just being fully in flow as much as you can until the moment you aren't and then having the skill to yeah. re-navigate to, to pick the direction to like reconnect and like maybe that takes a couple seconds maybe that takes 10 seconds whatever however long it takes but the, then you jump back in and you start racing again and you are back in the flow and you're basically trying to train yourself to spend most of your time in flow because flow is presence flow is flow feels great and then as soon as you start losing flow as soon as those thoughts come in either you pay them no mind and you keep going and they just pass by and or you realize oh the thoughts are here because i'm i'm going off track i'm losing whatever and you have the technique to stop to breathe to reconnect and then keep going in the flow One thing that I find interesting about flow is that when you truly are in flow, you tend not to remember 
what you said. Mm-hmm. It's like you're mm-hmm. you're so in it that there's a moment where you wake up out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I keep I keep noticing this over and over with clients where they're they'll say something they'll speak and it'll be extraordinary, the best I've ever seen. And it's so reliably followed by, when we're talking about it, I actually remember almost none of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was it Sudan who mm-hmm, sent us an, mm-hmm. an email on that? Yeah. He was getting, well, can you talk about, I think he was getting worried. Yeah. That, well, hey, sometimes I, I don't remember what I'm talking about. I'm afraid that. Yeah. So it's the vulnerability. I really liked your, your it, answer. In a, in a sense where you share something and it's it feels it feel you know like Brene Brown talks about this you like share your soul on stage or whatever and and it feels amazing and then you wake up the next morning with this vulnerability hangover going oh my god what did i just like share you know because it feels good in flow but then the next morning you're not in flow you're in your thinking brain so sudan is saying hey sometimes when i when i speak like i i stop speaking i finish speaking and I don't remember at all what I what I said, mm. and I I start to worry like I was it was it bad like was it good you know and I don't know I told him that I freestyle rap and that the true compass of how good my freestyle rapper how much I enjoy it is my ability to access flow and a lot of my freestyle raps I don't remember um, mm-hmm. after I do them but I. I remember the feeling of coming out of them and the feeling of coming out of them feels amazing because it's like I was gone for for a minute, right? I was just like on another dimension doing this thing and then I come out of it and I don't remember the content or a thing. And I know how jarring it can feel, but um, what's been surprising for me is I record all my freestyles and so I listen back to them and it's usually the ones that I can't remember that I listen back to them and they are my favorite ones. Hmm. Why? Well, interestingly enough, I'm able to channel, I, I, it, I don't know, I think it's because I'm able to, to channel something. It comes from a, a deeper place and there's more emotionality to it. There's more rawness to it. There's more spontaneity to it because I'm not actively thinking about it. And so there's something when I listen back to it, uh, it does sound more musical. I notice I'm more musical when I'm not in my head. Um, And there's just something, I don't know, there's something special about coming from that place that feels like it's grounded in more authenticity and truth. Hmm. So the content resonates with me more than anything that I could kind of cleverly create in my head that stuff transcends the the wordplay and the lyricism and it just like the meaning behind the words becomes very very important and i think a lot of my belief around speaking stems from this idea that like you could get all the words wrong um you could go completely off script and forget the plan as long as you have that deep connection to your highest values you'll be able to you'll be able to get what you need to get across. That's so important. I mean, unless you're, we had a client like this who's he's speaking at the UN, right? Unless you're speaking at the UN and if you say something wrong, you can start a war <laughs> or you're the, you know, you're the president or you're, there are, there are a handful of places where 
maybe you could argue, and we've seen this proven wrong in these past four years, that if you say something really wrong, it's going to be hard to, to dig yourself out of that hole. But in most cases, it's just not true. That just This is one of the biggest fears people who come to ultra speaking have that I'm going to say something dumb, that I'm going to mess up and, and look like a fool in front of everybody. But it just doesn't happen. It's, it's such an irrational fear. And I, I know firsthand, I've had that fear. Sometimes I still have it come in and I have to swat it away. But it's, it's irrational. Why? Why? Why do you think that? Because it's kind of, I don't really understand why this thing doesn't happen. Like, why is it that we get people out of the thinking brain? We get them to channel pure stream of consciousness in a lot of moments. We even have games that, like, get them to say silly things on the fly without thinking. And there's never been one of those moments where, where, where people regret what they say. Like, why, 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 why? <laughs> Well, I think part of it is indeed that words don't matter. They matter very much and they just don't matter. Because if you have the right, if, if the words come out right, it's going to be magical. But if they don't, then just say something after that's going to make it make sense. Right? We have a game that does exactly that. Mm -hmm. I really think... Words are overrated. Words are much more important, again, in writing yeah. than they are in speaking. Yeah. Because, well, let's, let's separate curated content from non-curated content. Mm -hmm. Because even in speaking, there is such a thing as curated speaking. And in that case, words kind of matter, Right. Curated content is anything you were able to edit. Non-curated content is you're actually talking to a human being like we are right now. I'm talking to you and I'm also talking to everybody who's listening. This is non-editing. It's just, we're just having an, a conversation. And this is what conversations are like. You're just try to get to what you're trying to say. In this kind of speaking, Words don't really matter. And we're living proof of that. Right? Because I messed up a ton of words in, in this conversation already. And it didn't mm -hmm. matter. I've said certain things in a way that might not have been perfectly clear. And then I'm able to catch up or you're able to understand enough that you can re bounce off of it and it turns into a conversation. Can I ask about the worst case scenario, though? Sure. The the irrational fear. And I yeah. don't have an answer to this, but in today's day and age, like everything's oh, being recorded, cancel culture. Ca cancel culture, everything's being recorded. And people might, people have this fear that something's going to slip out mm -hmm. and they didn't mean it. And they don't know how it happened, but like they said something stupid or wrong or inappropriate or offensive. And and so much of our philosophy is on don't think, just speak before you think, just let it out. And we still stand by it. 
So how do we how do we reconcile people's biggest fear in today's day and age and 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 our philosophy which is like don't be afraid of that i don't i don't know if i have a great answer i i think that speak before you think can be misconstrued very easily and the, the people that fight back against speak before you think that we've had fight back have all said the same thing. Like, you know, I know a lot of people who shouldn't, who should, or should start thinking a little bit more than they speak. And I don't want to say, I don't want to speak for the sake of speaking and I don't want to say stupid things. So I, I don't know. I have a great, because that's not what we're saying. We're not saying just say the first thing that comes to mind. I do have a game for that because if you don't have that ability now that's a different, that's a whole different issue. Cause there are moments where when you have a solid thought segment and you're on a roll, you have to be able to s- just speak. You have to be able to become this just channeling instrument for your inspiration and just let it come out. Yeah. So if you're so terrified that you're going to say something dumb, that you have censored yourself to the point yeah. where you can't say what's coming to mind because you're convinced yeah. that you're going to say something wrong. Well, then you're gonna. Then you're never gonna make it. You have yeah. to learn how to just speak. And then you know we. Ha- so one of our games um, analogies rapid fire. You have to put two words together, as you know. Um, life is like a bicycle because blah 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 blah. And you got to fill it in. To this is this one is to learn how to speak before you think. Just put out your first thought. Well, I've had multiple times uh, scenarios in teams where there's a group, mixed genders in the group, and you'll have something come up such as, you know, women are like horses because, and almost all the time, almost if that if that's a dude, if it's a yeah. dude who gets that, they'll be like, whoop, nope, yep. not even yeah. going there. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay, you can, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. if, if, mm-hmm. if it's you know, clear that something could slip up, yeah. that, you know, and that's the thing, right? So although people are playing this game and they're going, books are like this because da 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 As soon as they get to men are like this or yeah. women are like this, there is they're, a little It's thing. a red flag. There's a red, you, yes. Yeah. And so that red flag is built into your system and it alerts you. And so in that moment, you do get out of flow and you do at high speed calculate what What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? Should I go here? Should I not go here? You know what a a, a cool analogy is for this. Mm. I think uh, I think it was Ben Kasnoka on on Twitter a few days ago. He he mentioned something about Zoom meetings, and he said one percent of the time when I'm unmuted. There will be a moment where you know a door slams. Or some something happens that makes a little bit of noise and takes away the attention from the person who was speaking. 99% of the time, it doesn't happen. But here's what happens in converse. Because it happens 1% of the time and people are afraid, yeah. they are on mute. And now we can't have a conversation. Yeah. And now every... The entire con- flow of the conversation yes. does not work anymore. And people, and it's like, oh, wait, unmute yourself, boom. 
And there's this little mm-hmm. added lag that just messes everything up. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of thing in speaking. People are terrified that they're going to say something dumb one time. They, mm-hmm. They're unsure of their ability to censor themselves. So they just don't speak. They put themselves on mute. And so there's this lag that happens. It's the same thing in your brain. Wait, you have to, everything has to go through the filter. Wait, does this mm-hmm. go through the filter? Boom. But if you do that, that's a recipe for absolute disaster. Can I, can I ask you something? Sure. This is related to all this, and it's my personal belief. And I don't know if, if, if it resonates with you, but there's something about, like you and I, we're speaking all the time where there are, there might be moments where we will end up saying the wrong thing. In fact, there are moments where you don't even realize, oh, that was offensive until somebody notices it and and calls you out and you're like, oh, I didn't. Like there are going to mm-hmm. be very possible moments that we say the wrong thing. And in that sense, especially in the culture that we, we live in, that is a terrifying thought. Yeah. And and yet we are we are not afraid of it and we are continuing to to speak and i think for me one of the biggest beliefs that i have is not in my ability to not say the wrong thing it's not that i i will say the wrong thing at many many points ask my wife i i am not always saying the right thing i will say the wrong thing at many points in my life so it's not that i it's not that i think i won't and it's not even in my ability to necessarily recover smoothly on the fly, which is a skill and is the thing that gives me a lot of confidence of like, if I say the wrong thing, I'll recover it well. It's this deep-hearted, deep-seated belief, and I, this could be baseless, and it could be proven wrong in society, but it's this belief that like, if you just believe in your character, in who you are at your core, and you trust that like, at my at my core even if i say the most offensive thing i know myself and i know that that maliciousness is not in me what might be in me is ignorance is is an unawareness and that that i will assume responsibility and and if that's the the case then i'll i'll own it but at the end of the day worst case scenario like i could be crucified for something i say i still stand by this idea that it will likely come from a place of, of good character and and just like who I am. And I'm willing to say that like the way that I am is the way that I am. And if you're going to crucify me for that, I'll stand by it because I, I like who I am. Yeah. So there's some inner trust in your sense of who you are and what you stand for that gives confidence to your ability to speak. I'm totally aligned with that. I think it it comes down to be a good person, (laughs) you know, if you're a good person and you can look yourself in the mirror in the morning, then if something slips, you, you can come, everybody knows you're a good person. Everybody around you can say, no, 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 it's fine. I, we know who that person Mm -hmm. is. We know Tristan we know Michael. I know that he probably didn't mean that and it's fine. And maybe we can even laugh about it. If you're, if you're not a good person, if you're if you're acting in a bad way and then you say something, well, hey man, sorry, can't help you. Like it does start yeah. where I, I do think we're in a bad place uh in society when it comes to yeah. cancel culture and the fact that if somebody said something twenty years ago 
that was mildly offensive, it can get him mm-hmm. taken off a platform today. And that you're, you're, there's, we've lo- lost the ability to say, "Hey, I'm sorry. I I shouldn't have said that." And yeah. let's move forward. Um, but I'm I'm a little bit more worried recently. This is the thing I, I asked you to remind me of. I have auto-reminded myself. Nice. Of what the what's about to happen. So there's this absolutely remarkable app called Descript. Shout out. Shout out for Descript. Um, this podcast will be edited using Descript. Well, it's not going to be edited, but will be transcribed using Descript. And if we're taking bits out of this, that will be published on LinkedIn or wherever, they're going to be become curated content. We're going to take the bit out, and if there's something that I don't like in it, something that makes it a little bit long, that works perfectly fine in a podcast form where it's clear up front that we're having a conversation, not so much on LinkedIn where I want it to be tight and neat, then I'm going to edit stuff out. But here's the thing. This software is scary because it's so good. It is, I've recorded my, I've overdubbed my voice on it. So if I say the wrong word right now, I can replace that word by just typing it with Descript and it's going to say it with my voice. And the editing, I can take a, a snippet, a five minute snippet and turn it into an amazing 30-second little bit. And it's so easy that that tells me that by the time my kids grow up and my kids are using social media and my kids are interacting with anything online, all there's going to be so much content like this because it's going to be so easy. People are going to be speaking and automatically mm. machine learning AI is going to just turn that into the, mm. a beautiful version of what they just said. So everything I'm going to be listening to is going to be perfect. There's going to be no gaps, no pauses, no hesitation, no filler words, no none of the things that make on the spot speaking what it is, the realness of it. And it's going to, and it's going to be, I believe it's going to make ultra speaking even more necessary, even more important, this ability to just speak and, and feel like yourself. Because my worry is that this is going to lead to the same issue that we have with beauty that's only now starting to shift. And it's wonderful to see that yeah. you can go through Instagram or, or walk in the streets and see pictures of, I mean, this applies mostly to, to women. I, I imagine men as well, but it seems to be more women, where you can see women who actually look like the women you know, who don't look like the 0.001% of women on earth. And, but the effect that beauty had, that this had on people's self-esteem of seeing only perfect women and only Instagrammers now with Mm -hmm. everything looks so perfect from Mm -hmm. the outside that suddenly you think, Hey, something's something's wrong with me. Yeah. And I'm afraid that the same thing is going to happen with speaking and people are going to be more and more afraid of just speaking because it's going to seem like they don't know how to do it. 
the gap is going to be mm. even bigger. Mm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, well, I do. I do, right? Like, so Instagram and uses filters and there's also Photoshop. So you can take a picture and make it look real, but edit out all the parts you don't like, the filler words in the sense, the like blemishes and things like that. And then you say, hey, this is me. And then people looking at that go, oh my God, like, like, she's so beautiful he's so beautiful like i i'm so ugly by comparison and even without the filters even if you just take the filters out but you can take 50 pictures of yourself until you find that's the that's one true where you look so nice. it's, it's hyper curated and, and you're with, only putting out the good stuff and with descript you, descript is scary because it it takes on the spot speaking and it makes it look as if it were perfectly polished yeah. and the the scary thing about that is that's not what on the spot speaking is really yes. like and most people already have insecurities that their on-the-spot speaking is not good as their prepared speaking, and they have insecurities that their prepared their prepared speaking is not as good as their writing. And that's an unfair comparison. You can't compare writing to speaking. It's not fair. Different parts of the brain, different different uh, playing field. So now, if all you see online is people going, "Hey guys, this is totally live and improvised, and it's perfect," then that just now you have something else to compare yourself to and you you realize wow i'm really really bad at this so uh i am nervous about it and you know on one hand i'm i'm happy about it because like this actually gives a lot of people the tools to to share their voice i think it's it is going just like all of this technology it's going to bring it's going to offer extraordinary benefits to humanity, just like the iPhone. The iPhone has allowed the entire world to be connected. I can chat with my grandmother and, you know, look through her nostrils as she holds the phone <laughs> wrong on FaceTime. But it's extraordinary what it's allowed us to yeah. do. But at the same time, yeah. my, it's, my, it's, it, it, it's my biggest addiction my my phone like the the it's it's become so much so much harder to tear yourself away mm. from this thing mm. yeah because the incentives are misplaced yeah yeah i mean i think the bottom line from this is that you know the core of ultra speaking is authenticity it's being yourself and being being um confident or comfortable with your imperfections and owning yeah. them in a way and so these technologies are saying no no no, you don't have to be comfortable with your imperfections <laughs> we can edit those out for you and um and so yeah in that sense like at the root of it all what i hope humanity continues to do is have human to human experiences and even if it's on zoom for the time being and even if it's in vr and you know that would suck but it's still human. It's still us being present right now, connecting. And I hope that continues. And if that continues, then speaking until Neuralink gets yeah. implanted, speaking will continue to be the way that we exchange information and stories yeah. and interactions. And so there's always going to be a, there's always going to be the need to feel like you belong in a conversation, in a group, and feel like you deserve to share your thoughts and trust that they will be well received. And those types of mindsets and feelings really make up what it means to be 
a, a human in a social society, a, a well-functioning, happy human. And those that aren't are the ones that feel like I'm not worth enough. Uh, I don't I don't belong in this group. People don't care about what I say. I shouldn't speak up. I'm no good. And all these I'm not enough beliefs that that really are the 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 crippling beliefs that make speaking so hard and make life so hard. So I think I want to kind of wrap up this podcast with this idea that, you know, speaking is just a, a vehicle, as we always say, speaking is just one avenue of our expression. Um, but the ultra speaking community is made up of freestyle dancers, of uh, wonderful artists, of executives, of uh, people who are working museums. And like, there's the community is everyone. And underneath their ability to feel freedom and express themselves in all these creative ways is their ability to feel like they are enough and their ideas are worth sharing and their imperfections are celebrated just as much as their strengths. And so underneath all of it, there's this is more than just speaking. This is a way of life. And if we can work on these core principles of being a, a great human being and having great philosophies about yourself and about how life should be lived then the speaking part will just unfold naturally because you've worked on what we call the root. What a beautiful, beautiful place to end episode two of the Ultra Speaking Podcast. Whoop. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you for episode three. Comment which guest you'd like to, to be oh, brought yeah, in. That's, that's a, a cool idea. idea. Well, actually, that's, maybe, that's, an, that's an email. Send us an email coaching at ultraspeaking.com give us a call give us a call <laughs> six five <laughs> <laughs> all right guys signing off see you next time cheers quick favor this is the very beginning of the ultra speaking podcast and at this stage every review has a huge impact so if you enjoyed this if you could spend an extra two minutes on whichever podcaster you use to leave us a review, tell us candidly what you thought of it. That would be amazing and it would mean the world to me. Thank you.